Hey guys, if we haven't met yet, my name's Hans. I'm one of the pastors here. It's great to have all the kids involved. And uh, today's talk will be a, a fair bit shorter than usual. And uh, we're trying to, uh, you know, speak to everyone who's here. But if you are, I think, in preschool, you should have a little pack. Pre- preschool to kindy. So if you, if you have kids who are preschool to kindy and you don't have one, just put your hand up. And Kate will grab you one. But I'm going to pray as we, as we look at this, the resurrection. Let's pray. Oh, Father God, I pray that as we, as we think about the resurrection today, that no matter who we are, no matter if we're you know, in infants or primary school or high school or we are in our 90s, that you would speak to us today and you would help us to see why the resurrection is so, so important. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I want to ask you a question. Who's actually seen the movie Harry Potter or read the books or that kind of stuff? A lot of you guys. For those of you guys who haven't seen it, or I'm going to just spoil the whole, whole thing for you. I'm sorry. Because in the last book, in the last few uh, pages, in the last movie also, Harry defeats the evil Lord Voldemort. And what happens with Harry is he dies and he comes back to life again. And if you have a look at a lot of uh, uh, cartoons and that kind of thing, or kids' movies, you have a dying and then a rising uh, hero. One One of my heroes was Optimus Prime. You know, Optimus Prime, he dies and he comes back to life again. But J.K. Rowling, who actually wrote Harry Potter, um, she was asked about her faith, and she said she was a Christian. In fact, here's what she says about her book. She said, if you are familiar with the Bible, you can easily guess the ending of her book. If you are familiar with the Bible, you can easily guess the ending of her book. And I'll tell you why I think... uh, the, the idea of a hero who comes back to life is so, so important. It's so important because one of our biggest fears, I think, is death. I'm not sure if you guys have lost a, a, a loved one, a grandmother, a grandfather, but it's so sad. It rips your heart apart because you can't see them again. And death takes that away. Death seems to spoil everything. And we're looking for someone who to come back to life and make all the bad things, including death, come undone. We're looking for someone to defeat death. And Christians believe that that person is Jesus. And yet what I'm going to ask us all to do today is actually be detectives, right? I'm not sure if you've got a detective hat or a magnifying glass or you've got glasses like that and you can look like that, but we're going to be detectives and we're going to ask a few questions today. The first question we're going to ask, is Jesus' resurrection true? Did it really happen or, or is it more like Harry Potter? Harry Potter's a good story, it's a good movie. Actually, I don't really like it too much, but you may and that's good. But is it like that, just a made-up story, or is this true? Well, I want you to have a look at your Bible. If, if your parents are next to you and, uh, and they've got the Bible open, read along with them. And I want you to have a look at verse 1. It says this, When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene 
Mary, the mother of James and Salome, bought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus' body. Now, who are the people that first go to the tomb? They are what? They are ladies. They are women, right? Now, you, you probably think today that doesn't really matter who goes and sees something. But back in Jesus' day, it really did. Because a lot of people actually thought that women couldn't be trusted to tell the truth back then. Now, we don't believe that today. That's what they believed back then. Now, here's the thing, right? A lot of people actually didn't believe Jesus rose from the dead because the first people who went and saw Jesus' tomb being empty were women. Now, here's the thing. If you're going to make up a story about Jesus rising from the dead, what you're going to put in that story is a bunch of men going to see the tomb and men going to first proclaim it. You're not going to actually put a bunch of women in there unless it is true. And this is why a bunch of historians who have looked at it says there's actually a ring of truth to, to, to these stories because there are women in it. But not only that, there's the names of women. When Mark was writing his gospel, when Mark was writing the story of Jesus that he wrote, he put people in there that were still around uh, so that you could verify it. So that you could go up to someone and go, well, Mary Magdalene, was the tomb really empty? Mary, you're the mother of James. Was the tomb really empty? And they were able to say yes or no. So it's a bit like this. Imagine me and the Prime Minister were good friends. Who believes that me and the Prime Minister are really good friends? Me and Albo, we kick it back on the right. No one does, right? But imagine I said to you guys, actually, we had a huge party and Albo came over and we, you know, I don't know what we did. We cooked some food on the barbie and all this kind of stuff. And actually, my whole family was there. Elijah was there. Kate was there. Niels was there. Emma was there. And we had a really good time. Now, what, do you, what would you do to see whether that story was true? You would actually go to my family. You would go to Niels or Emma or Elijah or Kate, and you'd go, actually, are hands and elbow mates? No, thank you for that, right? You know? And you would find out the truthfulness of that. See, Mark put, the, put, these, uh, put these names in, so that the first hearers of this, the first readers of this, could go to these people and say, hey, was this really true? See, if, if this is just a myth, you don't put things like that in, in there. You don't, if you're going to make up a story, you make up a story about actually no one saw it. No one you know, saw it or did anything like that. So is, the resu- is Jesus' resurrection true? Or is it like Harry Potter? Well, I actually think it is true. But here's the second question. What does the resurrection of Jesus show? What does it show, either about Jesus or about the world? I think it says something, uh, very significant things about the world, but there's one thing I think it shows about Jesus. You, You see, Jesus made some huge claims, some really, really big claims. He claimed that he was God. He didn't come out and say, hey, I'm God, but he kind of implied it in a way that everyone got what he was saying. There's a story in the Bible which is one of my favourites about Jesus. It goes like this. 
One day Jesus was teaching in a house. And there were so many people around that people could not get in to see him. And there was a group of men who had a friend who couldn't walk. He was paralyzed. And they couldn't get him through the crowd. So they actually climbed up on top of the roof and dug a hole in the roof and lowered him down right in front of Jesus. And here's the thing. What do you think Jesus would say? Here's what Jesus said. Jesus said, my friend, your sins are forgiven. My friend, all the things that you've ever done wrong, I'm wiping away. I'm wiping the slate clean. It's almost like you have never done those things. And there's a bunch of religious people, religious men. They actually said to him, oh, wait up, Jesus. How can you say this? See, the only person that can forgive sins is God alone. They knew he was claiming to be God. That's why they, they had a big problem with what he said. And Jesus didn't say, oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, you got it wrong. I'm not claiming to be God. No, he said this. You will know that I have the power, that I have the authority to forgive sins when, I, when you see this. And he said to the man, get up, take your mat and go home. And the man got up. After not being able to walk, he got up, took his mat and walked home. See, Jesus claimed to be God and he showed that miracle by backing it up. But also, he made another claim. In Mark 10, he made this claim. He said this. He's talking to his disciples. Now he's saying, we are now on our way to Jerusalem where the Son of Man will be handed over to the chief priests and teachers of the law of Moses. They will sentence him to death and hand him over to the officials who will make fun of him and spit on him. They will beat him and kill him, but three days later he will rise again. That phrase, the Son of Man, is just one of Jesus' ways of referring to himself. And do you see what Jesus is saying about himself? He is going to die and three days later he's going to come back to life. Now here's the thing. Predicting your own death is pretty easy, right? We're all going to die. But predicting your own death and resurrection and then pulling it off shows you are someone significant. It actually proves that everything that you've said is true. And therefore, because Jesus rose from the dead, it actually proves that Jesus himself is God. So it's a bit like this. Imagine I said I was the best basketball player ever, right? Imagine if I said I was better than LeBron James, who was up there, who a lot of people think is the best basketball player ever. He's not. It's Michael Jordan. But let's leave that to one side. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm the greatest ever. In fact, I can beat LeBron James. How, how do you know whether I'm the greatest basketball player ever? Niels? Okay, you know that I'm not because I've never gone to play LeBron James. I've never beaten LeBron James. But if I wanted to say I'm the best basketball player ever, I would have to beat LeBron James. You see, a big claim like being the best basketball player ever needs big evidence to back it up. With Jesus, a big claim of him being God needs big evidence to back it up. That evidence is the resurrection. You you see, Jesus is not just a nice guy, a good teacher, a a guy with great morals. No, he is claiming 
that he is God in the flesh, the one that you are meant to worship, the one that you're meant to give your life to, that he sets the agenda of your life. Nothing and no one else. Everything comes second to him. That's the claim. And if you're here at Easter and you believe Jesus rose from the dead, implicitly what you're saying is, therefore I need to worship him as God. Do you believe Jesus rose from the dead? Are you worshipping him as God? Here's the last question. What does Jesus' resurrection give us? Well, Jesus died and he rose again, defeating death. And so, what the Bible says is that Jesus defeated death for everybody. In fact, here's what Jesus says in another biography about him. He says this to a sister who has just lost her brother Lazarus to death. He says this, I am the one who raises the dead to life. Everyone who has faith in me will live, even if they die. And everyone who lives because of faith in me will never really die. Do you see what he says? Everyone who has faith in me will live, even if they really die. What, what he's meaning is that just as Jesus has been raised from the dead, one day if, when we die, one day Jesus will come back and raise us all from the dead. You see, death is, is really, it's really bad. I've experienced a lot of death in the last 10 years, my, uh, over 10 years. My, my, my dad passed away. Kate's grandmother passed away. And death is really terrible because it cuts our life short and then we miss those people who have gone. But Jesus says, death is not the end. One day, one day, if you trust in him, you can go to be with him for eternity. And there's another part in the Bible where it talks about what, what, it, what's, what it's like being with him. And it says, well, one day Jesus is going to wipe away every tear. There's going to be no more pain or crying or suffering because we are with God for eternity. Doesn't that sound good? Doesn't, doesn't that sound good that there'll be no more pain or crying or sickness or death? Aren't we all looking forward to that? So we were detectives this morning and we saw three things from this passage. We saw that the resurrection is true. The resurrection shows Jesus is God and the resurrection means that we have great hope today. Here's my final question to you. Have you put your trust in Jesus this Easter and for the rest of your life? Now, now, if you're here and you're a kid and you're going, man, I'm not sure I put my trust in Jesus, I want you to talk to your parents. Talk to your parents. And if they don't know, you know how you can put your trust in Jesus, they can talk to me or Tim or Kate or someone here. If you're an adult and you don't know whether you put your trust in Jesus or you want to find out more, why don't you come back to our series that we're doing, those big questions and, 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 and on Later on in the year, we'll be putting together a course where you can come and check out Jesus' claims for yourself and to see if he is all he is, all he said he is, and all he's cracked up to be. And what you'll find, I think, if you come with an open mind, that he is all he's cracked up to be. He will give you hope and life and life itself. Why don't you check it out for yourself? How about we pray? Father God, I thank you that uh, Jesus' resurrection is not just a myth like you know, Harry Potter. It's not just a nice story, but it is true. Lord, I pray. I pray that as we uh, think about it today, 
we would realize that the resurrection of Jesus proves that Jesus is God and we would worship him. And Lord, we thank you that, that the resurrection means that we've got great hope, hope beyond the grave. And so, Lord, we thank you for the fact that Jesus rose from the dead. In his name we pray. Amen. Because Jesus is alive.